Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. God bless our children. The word tells us that we should train them and teach them in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. We are doing a good job with Capital City Kids. Amen. They don't have any excuse. No excuse. I had an excuse. I wasn't raised in the church, so I had an excuse. I didn't know any better. Our kids know better. They have no excuse, none. So thank you, Lord, for allowing me to stand before your people on this morning. Thank you, Pastor Ron, for giving me the opportunity. Lord, I ask that you would just um, move me aside, God, and let your Holy Spirit just lead, God, and um, say the words that you want said on today, God. Uh, have your way in the service, Lord. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. So today's message title is Stop Fighting. Stop Fighting. Many of us, and we've heard from um, Aunt Mary, we've heard from Mr. Hamp about the message last week, just speaking to our hearts and um, just a question of identifying yourself. Who do you identify with? Who are you? And so for me, and maybe for a lot of us, it was a time of self-examination and, and self-reflection. Pastor said to go and, and meditate on the word. Look yourself in the mirror. And what is this word speaking to us? And for me, you know, we've been journeying through different teachings for the past month or so on the character of Christ, living by the spirit of God. And so we... Like the children, we don't have any excuse because the truth is being shared in Capital City Church. One thing is for sure, two things. The word is being shared in Capital City Church. Not opinions, but the word of God. And so God had me to take a step back and look and examine my life. Examine who I say I am. And does it line up with the word of God? And so he took me back to several years ago when I thought that I was walking in the ways of God. I thought that I knew Christ the way that I really should, but I didn't. And the way that he revealed it to me, because God says we shall know the truth and the truth shall set us free. So God spoke truth into me and it set me free, but it didn't happen immediately, unfortunately, but it finally happened. And it set me free. And I am free today. I am free today. I am free. Amen. And so God took me back to some years ago. Ron and I were having a heated debate. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be transparent. It was an argument. It wasn't a heated debate. It was an argument. And uh, Pastor Ron wasn't walking in the will of God at this time. I was a little further along, and I thought I knew it, and I thought I had it all together. <laughs> but the Lord broke me down. He broke me down, and he spoke truth into me. And this is what really changed my heart, the character, and revealed to me that there was opportunity. And that's what last week was about a time of examining ourselves, and an opportunity to see where we really stand with Christ. Are we truly who we say we are in Christ? 
And so this particular night, Pastor Ron is here. He's been transparent. We are transparent. We are all uh, sinners. We're born sinners. And so we all have a life before Christ. So Pastor Ron has shared how when he used to hang out, if that hat was turned to the back, anything went. And so one night he came home, and we were in this heated uh, debate or argument. And as he walked off, I always felt like I had to get the last word. I was going to defend myself. And so he walked off, and I'm still fussing. I'm still going. And the Lord stopped me. He said, if you would take your focus off of the thing that I need to do, because you can't do it. You don't have the power to do anything that I need to do. So stay in your rightful place. And he broke me down to my knees. I didn't know Christ like I do today. He broke me down to my knees, and I'm crying out to God. I said, God, but every time he comes back, he's not sober. His mind is just full of all kind of stuff, God. And is this, oh, oh, woe is me. Woe is me. And the Spirit of God revealed to me. He may be consuming things physically in his body that alters him. But there are some things in your heart that you need to get rid of. One thing he used to do is call me Miss Perfect. And, and I was walking around like I knew it, like Miss Perfect. But God quickly revealed to me that you don't have it all together. As a matter of fact, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. And any one of my family members, my mother, can attest to this. I did not have any self-control. None whatsoever. Whatever came to my mind, if I felt hurt and I wanted to get back at you, it was coming out. I did not care. I wanted you to feel the pain that I was feeling. It came out. God says, that is not of me. You walking around here talking about you're a Christian, that is not of me. Pray for your husband. Close your mouth, and if you're going to open it, pray to me. Close your mouth and pray. And so this week, I'm just, you know, meditating on the word that we heard this week and, or past Sunday and it was just a time of self-examination. But one thing I love is that God's word is so encouraging. His word comes to encourage us. He did not come to condemn. He came to save us. There is now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. So if we were in the spirit last week in Christ Jesus, that word spoke. And it encouraged us because he says that there's not now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And we're in Christ Jesus, right? So that word encouraged our hearts to examine ourselves and say, God, where am I missing it? God, where am I missing the mark? Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me. And the word that he gave me was to say to stop fighting because a lot of times we fight against the truth. The things that Pastor Ron would say to me, it was the truth, but I didn't want to receive it. It was the truth, but I did not want to receive it. And God knew that I wasn't receiving it from him, so the spirit had to speak himself. And when the word speaks, when God's word speaks, and he reminds you of his word, he says that my word is sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces 
and his word pierced. It pierced. I cried like a baby. I cried like a baby. Lord, help me. I know this is not your will for me. In order for me to walk in the fullness of Christ and to do your will, I can't be carrying this in my heart. And I'm talking about I'm free. You're not free. Whom the Son sets free is truly free indeed. And so I needed to be set free. And I thank God that he did it. Oh, my goodness. So I'm starting today in John chapter 8. Jesus is at the temple. He's having a conversation with some of the religious leaders. And he starts by saying, speaking to the um, Jewish, Jewish leaders, um, telling them that he is the light. And he says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. The Pharisees replied, you are making those claims up about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. You got the religious leaders going back and forth with the Messiah himself. Who does that? The truth. The truth. He is talking about the light of this world, the light that illuminates truth, the light that pushes back the darkness, the darkness that wants to overtake us. Jesus said, I am the light of this world. God sent his only begotten son so that we would be saved. He didn't just send anybody. He didn't just sacrifice an animal like they did in the Old Testament. He actually sacrificed his son. Can you think about parents sacrificing your only begotten child? I don't know that any of us can say that we would. To save us so that we wouldn't have to walk around in darkness. To save us so that we could be free. But the religious leaders continued on. Continue to have a debate with the Messiah, with Jesus Christ himself. And Jesus goes on further. I'm jumping down to uh, verse 31. Jesus said to the people, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching. Notice Jesus said that if you remain faithful to my teaching. To those who believe, you, we have to remain faithful to his teaching. It doesn't say take one word and today I'm going to believe and uh, tomorrow I'm going about my own way. And then two weeks later, I'm going to come back to his word and I'm believing I'm going to remain faithful. That's not what his word says. His word says the people who believed you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful. So as I thought about this and started to study and looking up the word faithful, Faithful means, one of the uh, definitions, loyal, true, devoted, obedient, faithful. Devoted, loyal, true. To remain faithful to something, you got to be loyal. You got to be devoted. You got to be true. Even in a marriage, if, you, if you're doing anything outside of your um, marriage vows, 
You're not faithful. You're not devoted. You're not faithful. You're not loyal. So Jesus continued to speak to them. And and the, the religious leaders are thinking that he's speaking on his own. But Jesus tells them, I have come to not speak anything on my own. I'm speaking only what the Father has said for me to speak. So pay attention. His truth that he's talking about is not truth based on his own feelings. He's attentive to the Father, even though, now, if we go back further, the uh, religious leaders, I mean, he's going back and forth with them. Even before this, um, they are trying to trick Jesus or um, get him to condemn the uh, adulterous woman. And Jesus could have condemned them, but he chose not to. He wants them to only know the truth. And he's only speaking what the Father has advised him to speak. He's being faithful. He's being obedient. He's not speaking on his own. He goes on, still going back and forth with them. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, that everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. This freedom that, that Christ is talking about is freedom from those things that have kept us bound. Freedom from sin. Freedom from insecurity. Freedom from any type of condemnation. Free, freedom from any type of shame. Free. I struggled with insecurity for years. For years. And the only way that I was set free from it was... I, understanding what my father says about me, accepting the truth that God says that once I set you free, you free, honey. I don't care what nobody says. I don't care what nobody thinks. You are free. And the only way you can walk in what God has called you to walk in, you got to be free. You got to be free. Because guess what? If we're not free, we're bound. Free from fear, I had a fear of standing in front of people. I had a fear of, like, speaking to people. Jesus says, that's not of me. You're talking about you're a child of God, but you're walking around scared. You're walking around in fear. That is not of me. Going into interviews and you trembling. For what? (laughs) You belong to me. What are you afraid of? If I be for you, who can be against you? Let God free us. He's the only one that can free us. He's the only one. Jesus continues on in the conversation with them, and he says in verse 37, and I can't believe, I'm reading this, and I'm like, Lord, they still going on with Jesus. Like our children. You're trying to tell them the truth, and they steady going back and forth with you. Going back and forth. So they continue on in verse 37. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there is no room in your hearts for my message. I am telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. They're trying to murder and kill Jesus because of the truth. 
the truth that he is the son of God. They don't believe that he is the Messiah. They don't believe that um, God and Jesus Christ is one. They believe that he's a counterfeit, and so they're trying to kill him. They continue on. In verse 39 through 41, they reply, debating with Jesus Christ and thinking they right. Our father is Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus replied, for if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you are trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you are imitating your real father. Jesus is telling them that you are imitating your real father. The father of lies, the deceiver himself, who desires and it's his job to keep us bound and keep us from hearing the truth. Satan himself. He started way back in Genesis where he deceived Eve. He asked her, did God really say you could not eat of the fruit of the tree of good and evil? Yeah, God spoke that to her, but she was deceived. We hear God, but sometimes we're deceived because the father of lies will come and whisper lies to us will come and speak those things that we know are not of God. It's okay, just like he did with Eve. God says, you know my word, you know my teachings, and remain faithful to it. Remain faithful to it. So he says to stop fighting. Stop fighting against what he is trying to do in our lives. It's not always easy to hear the truth. It's not always easy to receive the truth. But his word is truth. And, you know, I shared message or testimony about myself, but I can't let him get away. So I'm going to share about him too. <laughs> so just like he shared, you know, was sharing truth with me, Pastor Ron, he shared this. He was running and he was fighting against what God was doing in his life for years. And in those times where we would have those heated debates and uh, arguments, I learned at this point, I was learning to not fight with him, but to pray for him and share God's word with him. So he would come home on Sunday nights and... Um, when Ron would leave some days and go out, family knows this, but and it's not right because we know that power, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And so I had um, started to speak things over his life that was a hindrance. So I had given him a name. We just sung the, we just sung the song, you know, the new name and glory. I didn't give him a new name and glory. I gave him a name that I made up called Rodney. And Rodney was a different person than my husband. And so I would always say when he left, don't come back here being Rodney. Because Rodney was on a whole nother level. A whole nother level. 
but I will speak truth. And he can tell you, and I'm sure that the truth that I was speaking, even sharing the word of God, did not feel good. And we know that the truth doesn't always feel good. So I started to, while he was sleeping at night, I would send him scripture through text. Or if he left for work on a Monday morning, we said our kisses goodbye, I would shoot him a text. So as soon as he opened that phone, he probably could fuss against what I was saying, but he couldn't fuss against the word of God. And so that's what I started to do was use the word of God and fight with the word of God. And so, you know, sometimes we we don't want to hear the truth. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to receive it. And then it's even hard to share the truth. And, you know, in the um, conversation with the religious leaders and the disciples, you know, God wasn't sharing what he wanted, you know, to share on his own. He was sharing what the Lord has spoken to him, and he was being truthful, never harsh with them as he could have been, but sharing the truth in love. And we got to share the truth in love regardless. It's not always easy, but we got to share it. So God took me to uh, Galatians, and this scripture is not on here, but um, just going through the fruit of the Spirit, and right before we get to those things that are not of the fruit of the Spirit and then those characteristics that are, in verse number 16 through 18, it says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting one another. Constantly fighting. And that's us. We constantly fight against the will of God. The word, the word of God is speaking to us, and then Satan himself, the deceiver, he's speaking something else. Our flesh is in a fight with the spirit, the spirit of God. And then it goes on to say, these two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you are under the spirit, we're not obligated to the law of Moses. When the spirit is leading you, we're not not under uh, obligation to the law. We know that we're saved by grace. And that is only by the spirit of God. If we are, our actions are uh, of another spirit, we're not under grace. We're we're under the law of Moses. Again, it says, but when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation of the law of Moses. Grace is here to save us. Not the law of Moses, but we have to remain in the spirit. We have our actions have to be led of the spirit. So he says, stop fighting. And as I was going through this, it took me to um, Saul and his conversion. We know the story. Saul fought and persecuted the church until God had to do something dramatic. So in Acts chapter 9, verses 3 through 6, it reads, Now as he was on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. 
And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. After witnessing all of the miracles and teachings of Christ, we got Saul at this point persecuting the church. And anyone found to be worshiping Christ and uh, believing in Christ, he was on a mission to arrest them. And so the scripture goes on in um, verse number 8 through 9. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were open, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, neither ate nor drank. For three days without sight. God says that he's going to win the fight regardless. Saul is walking around persecuting the church, thinking that he's doing something, and here this light from heaven knocks him off of that donkey. And he's blind. Like us, before Christ, we are blind. We were once blind, but now we see. The scales have been removed. The scales have fallen from our eyes. In chapter um, 9, verses 18 through 19, he says, And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened for some days. For some days, he was with the disciples at Damascus. Paul was fighting the truth, and now he's immediately converted, immediately on fire for the Lord. Immediately. It didn't take years. I'm talking about somebody who went around purposefully trying to persecute the things of Christ, the truth of Christ. But God laid his hands on him, and he is immediately converted. Immediately. Sometimes God has to do some drastic things, not to harm us, not to kill us, but sometimes he has to do something drastic to get our attention so that we can walk in the fullness of Christ. I was thinking about my mom. My mom probably smoked no, no offense to anyone, but my mom, this was not God's will for her. So she probably smoked for 30, 40 years, if I'm not mistaken. The doctor had untold her she needed to stop smoking. She had started going to a cardiologist and that she needed to stop smoking. And she had stopped for a while. And then my sister passed away and she felt like she needed that cigarette. She needed it. She felt like she needed it. But she was walking in, in Christ at this point. So God reminded her she didn't need that. All she needed was to call on the name of the Lord, and he would help her. He would save her. And I remember her telling us she was, we didn't know she was smoking. One of her little grands ratted her out. <laughs> But after they read her out, she, I remember her telling us, you know, how difficult it was, and she couldn't do it on her own. But the Lord um, actually came to her. She was um, 
sneaking and having her smoke. And I remember her telling us that as she smoked, it felt like her lungs were so full she could not breathe. And she cried upon the Lord and said, God, if you save me, God, if you help me, if you take this away from me, I won't smoke again. And she has been, as far as I know, to God be the glory, free from that cigarette. (laughs) In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. So God says to stop fighting. Stop fighting and surrender to the will of God. And in closing, he says to stop fighting. Stop running. Stop fighting. Stop running. Stop fighting. In chapter 26 of of, uh, Acts, uh, verse 14, Paul is giving an account to the people of his conversion. And two translations, he says, it is useless for you to fight, fight against me. It is pointless. It is useless. It gets us nowhere to fight against the will and the truth of God's word. Another translation says, why are you kicking against the goads? Why are you kicking against the goads? Farmers would use this object to stick the animals to lead them in the right direction. And at some point, they got tired of being stuck. And so they would follow in the direction that the farmer was leading them. And the same for us. Sometimes we'll get tired of being stuck and we'll follow the direction that God is leading us in. Stop fighting, stop running, stop fighting, stop running. The only thing we should be fighting against or running to is the Lord himself. The Lord's word is truth. It pierces. The word last week just had me to go back and examine myself, and it sounds like not not only me. I pray that this word just went forth, that it encourages your heart, that we continue to examine ourselves, and most importantly, that we stop fighting against the truth of God's word, the truth of what God is trying to do in our lives, and that we be set free. Set free, not for me, not set free for pastor, not set free for this body uh, in particular, but set free for the kingdom of God. God wants to do something through all of us. He calls us all. And we have the opportunity to surrender our lives to the call that's on our life. And we can only do that by the spirit of the living God leading us and guiding us, accepting his truth, even when it doesn't feel good. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask Ms. Tamika to come up and um, lead us in a song. And I um, asked her, she has such a special gift on her life, um, the gift of music. I asked her to lead the song for altar. And as I um, was listening to the song, the Lord just had these questions, these questions that are in the song. Will you say yes?
Will you say yes? Will you say yes to where I'm directing you? Will you say yes to my will, even when you don't even know where I'm taking you? Even if it means that you got to let go of some things, even when it doesn't feel good, even when it's uncomfortable, will you still say yes? When God gives me a word, this, this is not for me. It first was for me, but when God gives me a word because I'm not pastor, there's a word for somebody. There's a word for somebody. And God says, he's calling you. He's calling you to surrender wholeheartedly. He wants all of you, not some of you. This altar is open after the, um, or during the uh, song for either Pastor Ron to pray with you, for me to pray with you, or if you just need to have a conversation with the Lord, but the altar is open, will you still say yes if you don't know what he wants you to do? Amen.